Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good morning. It is Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show, taking you for the next 40 minutes or so before I turn things over to the real professionals, Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. Speaking of Adam Crowley, I have some grievances to air towards him a little bit later. Also want to talk about a stunning removal, suspension, call it what you will, of a Major League Baseball broadcaster that is gaining national Headlines and now even other announcers across the sport and the fans have chimed in and given their thoughts on the situation. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I want to begin this fan early morning show by talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins, their trade for Eric Carlson and what the future looks like versus the present. If you want to join the conversation, feel free to call in 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. And I mentioned the trade for Eric Carlson, and a lot of people have had different takes on this. It has been almost universally praised in terms of the work that Kyle Dubas has done, what the Pittsburgh Penguins have done, adding a high-caliber player, one of the best defensemen of this generation, who certainly has his warts, but will no doubt make an impact in terms of producing points, generating offense, making the team more exciting as a whole, probably making them a more competitive team over the next couple of seasons. And I'm not going to rehash any of that because I'll let the experts handle their takes on that. What I want to do is get a different perspective of the Penguins in win-now mode and how they need to kind of manage the future. And it's maybe not the take that you might think because when Ron Hextall was the general manager, it seemed like he was very conflicted on how he could try to make a competitive team in the present, which the Penguins were not All that competitive last year, obviously they missed the playoffs for the first time in a long, long time. But he seemed to also want to try to balance the future and not giving up major future assets, including first-round draft picks. Of course, he was very hesitant to trade a first-round pick. Instead, because he refused to part with that, he got Mikel Granlin. That turned out to be disastrous. And so it was him trying to really, I guess, cover both sides. And it turned out to be a situation where he was not able to to really do either. To me, what Kyle Dubas has done is absolutely the right move where the Penguins win now, and it's pretty much win now at all costs because the best way to set up for the future, quite frankly, is to absolutely go all in now, knowing that eventually, sooner rather than later, the team will fall off a cliff. But that's really the best way to rebuild in the NHL. And look no further than the Pittsburgh Penguins – of about 20 years ago for proof of 
that. I mentioned that Hextall tried and unsuccessfully so to balance present and future, but really the the team's fate was sealed when they decided to re-sign Evgeny Malkin and Christopher Letang and keeping the window of contention open. When they made those decisions a little more than a year ago now, it made trying to rebuild on the fly nearly impossible. There was no way that they were going to keep some of their players around, including guys like Sidney Crosby, and then go through a legitimate rebuild while still having some of those veterans on the roster. And so really, you look at it now, with Carlson, it it further solidifies the fact that this upcoming season, they are trying to go all in on being a contender. Many people don't think that they are a viable Stanley Cup contender, certainly a team that should contend for and make the playoffs, maybe win a round, even ideally win two rounds. And then you just hope that things fall your way. Maybe some of the other teams suffer injuries, bad luck. We saw a Boston Bruins team this past year have legitimately the best regular season of all time, did not even make it out of the first round of the playoffs, whereas the Florida Panthers just squeaked their way in, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So more so in hockey than maybe the NFL or the NBA playoffs. If you get in, you really do have a chance to kind of make a run, even if you don't have a terrific roster. And the Penguins have a good roster. They don't have probably a a great roster. They certainly still have a lot of holes in it. But really, the, the path is clear at this point. They have no choice but to do whatever they can this season, as well as the 24-25 season, to go all out for contending. And if that means mortgaging the future to some degree, I think that is absolutely what you have to do. And that's the best plan, again, to rebuild. I think the 25-26 season, that's one where you're going to have to weigh what happens the next two years. And there's a real chance that this year's team, again, maybe underperforms. And that 24-25, the team really could start to, to crumble quickly. Because when you look at the core of this team, guys like Crosby, guys like Malkin, Latang. They're getting to the point where they are now up there in age. They will be nearing 40 sooner rather than later. And sometimes the end comes very, very quickly, even for great players. And we've seen it happen with organizations like the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks, where the last couple of years when they were making the playoffs, they weren't a great team. They weren't really Stanley Cup contenders. They did just enough to get in. But when they missed the playoffs and the run was over, it was over in a big, big way as they crashed and burned. And again, I think that truly is the best route for the Penguins. When you look at how they're set up, after the 24-25 season, so they got two more years to really try to to seek a Stanley Cup run with this core. After 24-25, they have only eight players under contract. However, those eight players add up to $45 million dollars in obligations for that season. So there's still a lot invested in some high price guys. And really, you're not going to be able to to rebuild entirely that soon because you're going to have some of those contracts that prove to be albatrosses that are going to weigh this team down and really prevent them from starting over from scratch. So for me, the best way after this generation of Penguins, if you will, comes to a conclusion is to completely fall off the cliff instead of trying to make some moves now, thinking about the post-Crosby era. Really, the quickest way to rebuild in hockey, and really most sports, but hockey in particular, I think this applies to, is to get multiple picks in the top five of the NHL draft. And I think specifically, top three picks is the best way 
for a team to kind of turn a corner and quickly come back to contention. And I say quickly, that's a relative term because I think just about any team that's going to go through a rebuild that the Penguins are facing, it's not going to be one year. It's probably not going to be two years of rebuilding. You will probably need three years to really rebuild. And if that's a generous time frame because you need some things to fall in your favor, including the lottery, giving you some of those top three picks. And even if you get a first or second pick, you need it to be in a good draft because we've seen there's some drafts where you just don't have generational franchise altering players at picks one or two or three. Whereas there's other drafts where there might be guys one, two, and three that can really turn around the course of a franchise. I think one of the biggest things for the Penguins is while they want to win now, and I was completely fine with them trading first and second round picks to get Carlson, obviously that was really the only valuable assets that they gave up to get him. They basically were dumping salary of players that were not prominent in their future plans anyway to acquire the great defenseman. One thing I think you do have to be careful of is they've already moved future first and second round picks for next year. I don't think you want to move draft picks for 24-25 and certainly not beyond because then you are playing with fire because if this team does crater very quickly, which again, I think will be what happens at some point, I don't know when, but it will happen sooner rather than later. You don't want to be without a a top 10, top 5, top 3 pick because you traded it looking down the road trying to contend now. So to me, this upcoming draft, sure, you can move even further picks. If you want to move a third round, fourth round, whatever, to make a, a small addition this year or maybe even you know someone at the deadline here in the 23-24 season, that's fine. I would not give out any notable picks beyond that, however. And the other thing is you have to be careful giving out long-term contracts. And certainly Jake Gensel is a name that comes to mind. I know he's going to start the season injured. He's going to be up for a contract. If you sign him for four, five, six years, especially five or six years, that could become a contract that really gets in the way of trying to fully rebuild when this next generation, this next crop of players, hopefully is ready to get the Penguins back to contention. I think the best way is you get your two to three years trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. And again, maybe that second year, and certainly it seems likely that third year, you probably won't have a very viable contender. But then you start to ride out some of the bad contracts that the Penguins have right now. You look at Brian Rust and, of course, Carlson, who you brought on at 11 plus million. I think very quickly, Tristan Jari's contract could become uh, a pretty significant albatross around the team's rebuilding plans if he does not prove to be an upper echelon goalie. And even if he does turn out to be pretty decent, having a good goalie making more than $5 million, that's not all that cumbersome. But if you have a team that is absolutely miserable in front of him, I'm not sure it accomplishes very much maybe three years down the road. Because remember, not only did Jari resign for decent annual value of over $5 million, but it was a five-year contract. So that's going to be around for a while. Chris Letang, another guy, he has been terrific so far. Does not look like a bad contract, but maybe three years down the road, there might be a different way of looking at it. And so some of those guys, just quite frankly, you're probably going to have to eat some of the money. You're going to have to ride out those bad contracts because they will not be tradable, especially once the players get up there in age. And for Latang, you're talking about age 39, age 40, things of that nature. So some of those guys are signed all the way through 27-28. And that's, I think, basically the last year, if things go well, that the Penguins are thinking about 
we have to suffer through some hard times before we can really try to start with a clean slate and have some of these potential top picks to be the foundational players and the cornerstones for a future contender. And so in, another way to look at this, and I'm kind of reiterating the point that I've already made, right now, they need to think solely about winning in 23-24 and 24-25 because almost nobody that they could have drafted last year or this year or developed in terms of guys that are already in the system in the minor leagues will really be cornerstones for that next generation of Penguins anyway. So what's really the value of trying to keep a you know a handful of guys around for the long-term rebuild? Because really, again, the players that hopefully will take you back to the promised land in this next generation almost certainly are not on the roster in any capacity at this time. They will be the guys that by and large come as top picks about three, four, five years down the road. And I know it seems somewhat ridiculous to think this far in advance, but I think that's what Kyle Dubas or any team's general manager in the NHL has to think about. And so, again, the best way to do that is to develop a team that will give you a chance now, but when the time is up for them, it is up in a big, big way. And you don't stay semi-competitive. You don't finish as maybe the 10th worst team in the NHL. When it all blows up, you legitimately want to be one of the three worst teams in the NHL for a few seasons. And I mentioned that the Penguins themselves have already proven this. Go back uh, just about 20 years, now a little more than 20 years, the 2002-2003 Penguins team was just terrible. They were 27-44-6-5. Yeah, there's another category back then, so the, it gets a little confusing. But uh, either way, they were a very, very bad hockey team. They had already traded so many great players knowing that they were not good enough to be a cup contender. So they basically brought in a group of just terrible players, Ramsey Abid and Rico Fada and Dan Focht and all that crew that was not good enough to be a viable NHL team. And because that team was so bad, they were able to draft Mark andre Fleury. The next year, 304, they were even worse somehow, hard to believe. They were 23 47 Eight and four. I think the leading scorer on that team was Dick Tarnstrom, which shows you how embarrassingly bad they were. And what did they get as a result of that? They got the right to draft Evgeny Malkin. And because of the strike and some fortunate bounces of the lottery balls, they got the option and the luxury to draft Sidney Crosby. And they even got Jordan Stahl, although I would say that was a little bit different because the Penguins, to some extent, actually tried to contend the season preceding them drafting Stahl. But they got directly Flurry, Malkin, and Crosby, three absolute cornerstones that guided them to multiple Stanley Cups because they were so bad. So you do not want to be middle of the pack. You do not want to be a team that's bad but not historically bad. You want to be absolutely terrible. And the best way to do that is to go all in for the next couple of years. Even if you don't win a Stanley Cup, that is the best bet to rebuild. It's going to lead to some hard times, but ultimately, if you want to get back to the next group of Crosbys and Malkins and Flurries and Latangs, you have to do so by being really, really bad for a few seasons. And I think that's the best way that Kyle Dubas will accomplish both goals. Certainly, it was something that Ron Hextall could not achieve, but I think for Kyle Dubas, his trade this week of Eric Carlson further solidified that that is probably his long-term path to success is to make a team that can contend now and be absolutely terrible for a few seasons after that. 
We've got more to get to here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I want to talk about a Major League Baseball announcer who has been punished for doing nothing but stating facts. And now, as a result, he has become a rallying point for people across the industry. That's as we continue the Fan Early Morning Show. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84lumber.com. You can apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers, Fan Early Morning Show, continues after this right here on 93.7 The Fan. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sean Myers with you for another 20 minutes or so here on the Fan Early Morning Show. 93.7 The Fan just talked about the Penguins and their uh, interesting dilemma on how they approach the present versus the future. And to me, it is pretty clear that the future is going to be after the team crashes and burns, and I think that's the best way to rebuild. But I now want to go out to a caller who wants to chime in as Ted We'll now join the conversation. Ted, how's everything going with you? Hey, what's going on, guy? Not too much. I know you want to talk about the Penguins. What's your take? Yeah, I agree 100% with you, and that's the national take on the Penguins. Uh, after two years, this franchise is going to fall off a cliff. <laughs> and, and, and I hate to say that, but it's going to be over. I'll, I'll give it two years. And I'll be honest, um, I worry about Latang because people are not, I guess they don't remember, the man had a stroke. Number two, so I don't even think he's going to last. Man, I, I really don't. And the Carson trade makes even more sense uh, when you got Latang in his health. Also, uh, with Dubis, he was told coming in that you can't change the aging core. So if you can't do that, then you can add to it, and they're going to try to win it in two years. But here's my take on it. I remember the rebuilding years after Yager and Lemieux. These guys lucked out. And I'm be honest, they're supposed to get a Vetskin. And I remember people chanting a Vetskin's name the last, you know, the, the last season when they had a real bad season. They got end up getting Malkin. There's no guarantee that you can rebuild this franchise in two or three years. It could take decades. The only way I could see it, you you could totally rebuild, is do like what that general manager in Vegas done: sell everybody. <laughs> okay, that's the only way you're gonna be able to do it fast. 
And, and uh, that's going to make some tough decisions. Well, I was going to uh, ask you, would that include trading Crosby towards the end of is his career? You have to consider everybody. I'm just be honest. If you want to totally rebuild, you look what Vegas is doing, you look what some of these franchises are doing, that's the best crash and burn, man. You know, um, because um, waiting to get draft picks, it could take you decades. There's not like another Sydney cost that you can get in three years. I'm just be honest. Yeah, and it's that's a good point, Ted. And, and there's a couple of teams that I think of when I think of what the Penguins are going through and what they will certainly go through over the next couple of years. Teams that were contenders and Stanley Cup champions multiple times, but then eventually the core aged out. I think of the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. The difference is the Blackhawks just got their seemingly generational player in Connor Bedard because they somewhat lucked into the number one pick. Detroit, conversely, has never gotten a pick in the top three overall since they've gone through their rebuild, and they have yet to get out of the rebuild. It's going on, you know, basically a decade now since they've been real contenders, but the the lottery balls never favored them. Favored them. They never were able to get that generational player. And to your point, even if the Penguins are really bad, there's no guarantee that even if they get the number one pick, it might be a cornerstone player like a Crosby or a Malkin or a Flurry. No, I mean, look, like I said, look at Florida. Look, you know, there, you can get the cup or be contenders without elite talent. I'm just being honest. You know, it's more of a core group thing. But I, I think what, what the Penguins are going to go through, I mean, when it falls, this, this franchise is going to fall off a cliff, and it's going to be sad to even look at. But uh, Doofus' his hands, you know, his hands are tied. And I'll be honest, when, when Doofus was in Toronto, you, you know, he basically did the same thing, and it still didn't work. Okay, you didn't win anything in Toronto, so um, you know, and he made some bad trades in Toronto. So there's no guarantee either way. So uh, I mean, Dubas is, is is really gambling with the future, and I'm be honest, I don't think he'll be around doing a rebuild. I, I really don't. I, I think it's going to take a decade. Yeah, that's a good point, Ted, and I appreciate it. Really good stuff there. I, I ultimately agree that if you have a general manager that is sort of in the win-now mode, what's to stop the general manager from going all-in, mortgaging the future, and then saying, you know what, I can always <laughs> step away. Or, you know, worst-case scenario, that general manager might be relieved of his duties anyway before he has to really go through the rebuild. I would always think, if I'm a GM and my job is to try to win now, I don't care about the team necessarily in five, six, seven years. That's where someone above even the GM has to make sure that Everything is kind of following the long-term plan. But again, for me, the Penguins' best long-term plan is to do everything they can for two, maybe three years, and then expect that that fall off the cliff. It will be steep, but hopefully things fall in their favor like it did about 20 years ago. Good stuff from Ted there joining the conversation. I said I want to talk about a Major League Baseball broadcaster who is making some national headlines, and that is Kevin Brown. Not the former great pitcher, but the broadcaster for the Baltimore Orioles. And so for those who haven't heard this story, and it's become pretty well known, he was apparently removed from broadcasts, television broadcasts. He did a few radio broadcasts since, but has basically been by and large taken off the air from the Orioles for comments he made about the team's previous struggles against the Tampa Bay Rays. And this came uh, about Two weeks ago at this point, I believe the comments were made on July 23rd. And so I actually have the comments. I want to play them. Again, keep in mind, this is apparently the rumor that many people have seemingly substantiated is that these comments specifically 
were the reason why the team ultimately removed him from the air. When I first watched this video, I kept waiting for something to be said that was inappropriate. Judge yourself. I I promise you, you're not going to hear a single thing that you think is out of line. Here is Kevin Brown's comments about the Baltimore Orioles' struggles against the Tampa Bay Rays. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Yes, those are the comments that seemingly have resulted in Kevin Brown being removed from Baltimore Orioles broadcast for about two weeks now. And so let's kind of unpack this, as Dan Zangrilli would say. There was no negativity at all. He's not cracking jokes about the team's struggles or saying, oh, I, you know, hope we never come to Tampa again, things of that nature. He was legitimately doing nothing more than stating facts about the team's struggles in what I would consider to be a pretty neutral tone. And then really, he was putting a positive spin on this year, saying this team has struggled, has, meaning past tense, but is not struggling this year because they are already surpassing their win totals from previous seasons combined, things of that nature. And so while you were able to hear those comments, what you could not see was this is the video side, the TV side of the broadcast that Kevin Brown was on. There was graphics showing and stating the struggles of past year, showing the team's record in Tampa and what their struggles were overall against the Rays. And so it was not just Kevin Brown going rogue against the will of other people involved in this television broadcast. I would assume that there was multiple people who conferred to put that graphic together showing the struggles. And then it also was reported that it was in the game notes on the Orioles side of things. So he is basically just stating the facts of the team struggles and then putting a positive spin on the end of it on how 2023 has been a drastic improvement. This reportedly is a decision by owner John Angelos. And I know that uh, going back more than 20 years now, Peter Angelos, one of the other owners for the Orioles, had issues with broadcaster John Miller. You might recognize him. He was on Sunday Night Baseball for many, many years. He went on to go with the San Francisco Giants, where he's been since the late 90s. He had a falling out with the Orioles and reportedly with Peter Angelos back in the 90s because apparently he was not enough of a homer broadcaster. So this is not a first-time a scenario for the Baltimore Orioles management to get involved with their broadcasters. And this was reported, as I mentioned, it's been almost two weeks now that Kevin Brown has been off the air, but it really came to light courtesy of uh, some tweets by Awful announcing they had an article sort of indicating that the reason was those comments that we just heard, and then they showed the clip of it. And so it's now become a national story. And what happened was last night, 
we heard other broadcasters kind of weighing in and giving their thoughts, in addition to the fans in Baltimore starting a free Kevin Brown chant. Let's listen in to the opposing team, the Houston Astros, who were playing the Baltimore Orioles last night and what their broadcasters had to say about this. I think the fans in a rare move here in Baltimore are calling for the return of their play-by-play TV announcer, Kevin Brown. Good for them. There's been a lot of people speaking up. I know that you and I feel the same way, but just speaking for myself, I can't believe that he's not in the stadium right now. That's a soft hit, base hit going the other way, finding some empty space. But I saw some of that going around the internet, and I listened to that open from Kevin Brown about four times before I finally texted a bunch of people going, what happened? But all of a sudden here in Baltimore in the booth, facts can hurt feelings. And he was actually doing a very good job of complimenting this ball club on playing very good baseball against the Tampa Bay Rays. And in a moment when your team is finally in first place, gaining so much great attention, the front office chose to make that move, and it's disgraceful. It really is. It's a shame, and you're right. It's taking some of the shine off of what Baltimore is doing right now. That's one of the gentlemen leading the charge of the chant here in Baltimore tonight. Adley Rushman batting with two on and nobody out. It's a shame. I think, you know, everybody in baseball would no longer be working if that was the restrictions for every team because there was really nothing that Kevin said that was wrong and he had to sit out for a little while. We are being told he's going to be back on Friday, so good for him, but he's missing this series against the Astros. And well, there you heard just a little bit of the Houston Astros broadcaster's perspective, and you did hear that uh, reportedly Brown will be back on Friday. And so that's the good news. Obviously, uh, whatever they did to reprimand him, taking him off the air, moving him uh, for one series to the radio side, but by and large, just really removing him from the broadcast altogether. It seems like he has, I guess, served his punishment, which is ridiculous enough to say. I will say this as a play-by-play broadcaster primarily, I cannot imagine being punished for stating facts in a neutral tone and then putting a positive spin on the end of it. I will say for all the things that the Orioles have done well on the field last year and this year, this is an absolute black eye. And I would imagine that many people around baseball, certainly broadcasters and fans alike, will remember this for a long, long time. Take a quick break. Come back to put a bow on the early morning show as I will air my grievances with one Adam Crowley as we continue right here on 93.7 The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Sean Myers here for a few more seconds on the fan early morning show before I turn things over to the pros, Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. But speaking of Mr. Crowley, I have a bone to pick with him as I was doing my research, wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, replicating or rehashing any topics that Nicholas Harry Callis had talked about yesterday. And so as I was doing that, I saw that Mr. Callis had a, a quick conversation about Jam Fest and how he was trying to put together a team with uh, one of his friends or something of that nature and how he was up late calling all these friends that he had and couldn't really compose a, a team. But then he mentioned, I believe, if I heard correctly, maybe I need to get my ears checked, that both Harry Callis and Austin Bechtold have been invited to play for Team Crowley in Jam Fest. And for some reason, I don't know why, my invitation got lost in the mail. Now, no offense to the other two, but if you've ever seen Harry Callis or Austin Bechtold, I don't know that they necessarily come across as prototypical basketball physiques, whereas I stand six foot one with long limbs and the ability to elevate high into the air. And so for some reason, Adam Crowley decided that he went with the other two producers on the morning show and never extended the invitation to me. So... Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Maybe maybe he's got an ace in the hole in, in Harry Callis, who is a collegiate baseball player. Maybe his athleticism will translate over to the basketball court as well. But uh, I have to kind of question what has happened with the friendship that I thought I had with Adam Crowley after I did not get that invite for Jam Fest this weekend. That'll do it here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I will now turn it over momentarily to... The aforementioned Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. But for now, Sean Meyer signing off. You've been listening to The Fan Early Morning Show right here on 93.7 The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.